Hello and welcome to the Cancel Monday podcast, to the Cancel Monday podcast. Is it the end of toxic work culture? Recently, I've seen on social media a lot, how do I talk to my toxic boss? How do I talk to my toxic colleague? How do I toxic person? And I always wonder, it's like, what what do they even mean by toxic? Like, what is it by toxic? And even when I say, oh, toxic work, there's possibly examples you can think of, whether there's like people or the organization itself, certain leaders, maybe certain people you work with, that it feels quite toxic. And so I was really thinking about this because we spend so much time at work. It's such a shame that such a proportionate about amount of our lives is toxic or we're willing to put up with it being so out of maybe belief that it's all like that. So we might as well just stay where we are because who knows, the next place could be more quote unquote toxic. So I guess in this regard, I'm like, okay, well, let's just peel it back. What does toxic even mean? And at first I was like, does it mean too much of something? And essentially it's not necessarily too much of something. It's just harmful, malicious, lethal, noxious, venomous, poisonous. And then I was like, okay, that makes sense, right? Is it, could it be a physical environment? So are the physical environments we work in, could they be considered toxic? Because I know, we all know that a lot of workplaces are a lot better these days in terms of like maybe ergonomics, I guess there's the debate, there are more pros and cons about the open plan office, right? There's a lot more sell towards visually appealing offices, this whole thing around, you know, trying to convince people to come back to the office. It's like, okay, we'll make it a nice place to work, particularly offices. But then like, what about other workplaces? And when I got thinking about this, I realized that some of the people that I've met that love their job and wouldn't leave it for any other job work in the most harsh conditions. So like whether it's hot, whether it's dirty, whether it's just lacking sunlight, they work in the most harsh conditions because of the people. So in that regard, I was like, okay, when people say, okay, my work's toxic or the company's toxic or toxic people at work, they're not necessarily talking about the physical environment. And so when I think about trying to answer the question, is it the end of a toxic work culture? This, I guess, doesn't relate to the physical environment, which in some places, you know, you could go into a certain workplace and I've been into some serious facilities where you're like, how does anyone work in here? But apparently that's not the case. And so it really brings it back to the people we work with, right? And then what even is a toxic person, right? Just because We don't get along with someone. Does that really mean they're toxic? Maybe if it's we don't get along with them repeatedly, if that person has the effect on us that feels like maybe an emotional poison, like it causes us unpleasant feelings, that's where we get the term, oh, this person's toxic because they're causing those unpleasant feelings in myself. Or on the, I guess, more extreme level, if that person literally has like malicious lethal, harmful intent behind their actions, probably justified that they could be given the label as toxic. And I guess there's a few different types of toxic behaviors as well. And further in the episode, I'll get into, you know, why do we even stay at workplaces like that and how we can kind of both manage or change those situations. But just to kind of like go over certain quote unquote toxic behaviors. And actually, before I forget, I want to mention like, Of course, it's going to be quite 
different depending on, you know, if there is actually a toxic person you work with, the dynamic can vary depending on if they're your manager or if they report to you or if they work alongside you. So I also want to keep that in mind because often if you're in a management position and and I've kind of had this recently, I mean, they weren't like toxic, but I was kind of, it was during while I was thinking about this episode and I was like, would I consider that behavior toxic? Like really, you know, snapping at me and I'm wanting to help that person and they just, I don't know, like wouldn't even want to look at me. And I was kind of just like, okay, was like, is that, did I do that? Like, is that my fault? Which is kind of where this starts getting all a bit sticky, right? Because as soon as it's kind of like, wait, was that my fault? Did I do that? And a lot of these, I suppose, like toxic behaviors, which we could, you could also consider certain type of bullying or exclusion, gaslighting, right? I suppose there are all these different types of behaviors that can be categorized as toxic. When it gets to the point where we're questioning our own behavior, this is when it can get really tricky, right? Because we're really we're questioning, it's like, is it us? Is it them? And it can be quite distracting. And so with the behaviors, there's what I would consider like passive exclusion. They all suck, but passive exclusion can be quite confusing. So I experienced this early on in my current job. So I really like the job I'm in, hence the reason why I asked the initial question, is it the end of toxic work culture? Because I was like, I work for a company that you would not consider to be a great place to work. And it's honestly, it's been one of the best places. I'm now in a job I really like, working with people I really like, but it didn't start like that. Like I think I spent the first six months of this job kind of like crying a lot and really unsure of if I had made the right decision, unsure if they even wanted me there. I had thoughts around like, do they regret <laughs> hiring me kind of thing? And so I remember this moment there was, it's like one of those moments, like I was doing like online trainings. It's quite a big company. We have all those HR trainings, right? Where they send it out and you do, I guess it's like an awareness, awareness training on diversity and equality and respect in the workplace. And so I was doing this training and literally the day before, one of the other people that I work with, this is going to be like a territorial desk story. So if anyone works in a corporate office, you know you know the drill when it comes to desks, even hot desks, right? So you're sitting in someone's desk and they usually sit there, even if it's not technically their desk, you're going to hear about it. So I was sitting in her desk. She came in in the afternoon, like it wasn't, she wasn't really meant to be in that day. And like, yes, I was in her desk. It was kind of just like the way she told me it was just like, well, I'm here now. So I'm going to go to the bathroom and you better have moved by the time I get back. Like I'm like new to this company and it's just like, really? You're going to, I don't know, like for me, I, I just felt so crushed and demoralized by both, you know, what she said and even how she said it. And so like my team all sits in like a certain area and I literally... I pick up my stuff and like kind of move to the other side of the office and um, like just away. I was like, I can't at this point in time, like I'm new. This person's a really high performer. I'm not going to. It was like quite a tricky situation because I was just like, I was like, oh, depending on who I tell, some people would probably stand up for her and be like, yeah, you're sitting in her desk. And then I was like, oh, I don't really want to bring it up. Like she's friends with everyone here and I'll probably side with her. So for me, I'm just going to get up. 
literally physically just like stay away kind of thing don't know if she figured out that that's why I moved to the other side of the room but it was funny like a few months later one of my managers is like hang on why are you sitting over there I was like oh the the light's better over here like the light's the same everywhere I'm like oh it doesn't flicker as much he's like oh yeah okay <laughs> but I was like look I just don't want to I just don't want to be anywhere near her like I just feel I don't feel good when I'm near her and it's almost like I felt like it was like a bit of a risk. My relationship with her has actually changed quite a lot, which I will get to in a later part of this episode. So essentially through that, I felt a lot of exclusion. Maybe her initial intent wasn't to exclude me, but I kind of felt excluded and that kind of escalated or that passive exclusion kind of felt like it got worse because they're all friends. I don't know, some of the guys would come back from the field and they would say hey to everyone else and then I'm just like you know they just wouldn't even greet me and it just I, I felt excluded I felt isolated it was quite isolating and I remember seeing my boyfriend and I'm just like oh my god like they don't even want me here and then one day I got to the point and I was like hang on what if I'm excluding myself and this is the thing about passive exclusion is that Sometimes other people don't know that they're excluding you. So I guess, so it's kind of hard to hold people accountable. They don't know you're excluding you because often we may assume that a comment or an action they take is actively excluding us. Like we may believe that their intention is to exclude us, but they don't actually even realize they're excluding us because everyone has whatever else is going on for them. And if they walked in and greeted a bunch of people, but then didn't greet me, maybe they were waiting for me to greet them, which is kind of a bit of a realization I had at one point. I was like, hang on, what if I'm excluding myself? You know, what if I'm jumping to conclusions about their behavior and actually they don't intend to exclude me? And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to social test this. I remember they're all like sitting around chatting and I was like, I was actually so nervous. Like, I don't know why I was so nervous. I think I was just so nervous that they would just be like, I don't know, stop talking or like shun me or whatever. This is my team, by the way, um, who I was a part of. And I essentially, I was like, okay. I was on the phone to my boyfriend. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go walk over there. They didn't invite me, but I'm just going to go walk over there and invite myself into their situation, their social situation that's happening right now. So I went over, I sat down, started chatting and... It was fine. It was all fine. And I realized in that moment that making that assumption around other people's behavior was causing me more harm than their actual behavior. So that's one thing. And that and it's that's a fine line as well because when people are actually intending to cause you harm, and make you believe that it's your belief that's gaslighting, right? And so that's why I, I urge you to, you know, if you're having these thoughts, like test it out, right? Like test out, are they actually excluding me? Like what would happen if you just went and invited yourself? And if they behave in a way that is disrespectful, then yeah, you're justified to believe that, okay, that's form of bullying or disrespect or toxic behavior or whatever you want to call it. Particularly if it's like they're making a point to exclude you, which brings me to the behavior of active exclusion. And this is this is unacceptable, right? So if you're purposely not wanting to involve someone 
it's kind of justified to say that if you have a work engagement, you only like only people from your company are allowed to go or whatever. There's like political reasons why you may not invite someone from a different company or whatever. But in terms of if it's your team, if it's a natural reason to be included or a natural group to be included in, they have no place actively excluding you. So whether it's like not inviting you or having conversations without you or not being welcoming, like these are all, they're so subtle, but they're so, oh, they just make you feel so shit, right? Like they make you feel so isolated. And the problem is it's like not just one person. Like if you feel excluded, it's usually because it's multiples. Because if one person excluding you, but everyone else is welcoming, you're kind of just like, oh, whatever. Like I don't really care about that person. They could just be weird, right? And so that's sometimes what causes this toxic culture is that if you do feel like you're being excluded from things and then nothing's being done about it or maybe a manager's not noticing or no one's noticing or no one or if someone does notice and they're not doing anything about it, it's justified to say, okay, yeah, this like workplace feels quite toxic. The other one is passive aggression. So passive aggressive is, I suppose, like the behavior where you can see someone is frustrated or upset and they kind of behave in this avoidant way. And again, similar with the passive exclusion, this is another one that can be easily mixed up. It's really easy to assume someone's being passive aggressive, but they, they could actually just have a lot on their mind or they could be passive aggressive. And so this is another one where communication really helps. Communication and space, depending, right? So with this guy on my team that I kind of mentioned earlier, he, I suppose his behavior could almost fit into the category of passive aggressive. So he's getting quite stressed. I want to help him. He just was very short and snappy and wouldn't even look at me. And I just was like, okay, I'm giving him space. I'm not even going to try. And then he would like come over and just be like, oh, like this and be quite panicked about something. And I'm just like, okay, well, like, what's the problem here? Like, what do you need me to help me with? He's like, oh, nothing. And then I would, he would kind of walk away and I'd be left feeling like, oh, did I like, well, I was, yeah, I don't really know how to process this situation. So I was like, I'll just give him space. And you know what? If he comes over, and it's like talks like that. Again, I'm just going to be like very direct. What's the problem? How do you need my help? You know, I'm not here to just offload onto kind of thing. And so if I hadn't had the self-reflection of actually maybe he just needs space and he actually probably doesn't need my help, he's got something going on. Like it's not actually my behavior. If I hadn't had that reflection, then it's quite easy for me to assume that he's behaving towards me in a way with harmful intent. And so I could mistake that for toxic when in fact it's like, okay, he's probably quite stressed. And so what's quite interesting about that is that for about a week, I was just like, oh, whatever, I'm over this. And I suppose with this situation as well, I was fairly unscathed by it. I was a little bit like, mm, I'm usually quite high vibe and this isn't really, I don't really like this energy. But I guess because he reports to me, I was like, whatever. Like I literally, I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, probably have more influence over his career than he does. So I'm just like, whatever. 
But of course, if it's vice versa, so if you've got a manager that treats you like that or you've got a colleague that treats you like that that you have to work closely with, like it's quite difficult and it can be quite confusing as well. Like it's one of those things where you're just like, oh yeah, is it me or is it them? And so in those situations where it is that kind of more passive aggressive behavior and so it's they're like snappy but not necessarily snappy at you, they're just kind of like frustrated or maybe um, dismissive or avoidant or even just like a little bit, you know, I suppose sarcasm arguably could be a form of it. Um, Just like kind of like indirect disapproval, I suppose are all the versions of that. And so I find with that and a, a way to like, I suppose, like test out if that person is generally upset with you or if they're just kind of focused on what they're doing and they don't really have the emotional intelligence to realize that they're affecting anyone around them is to either yeah communicate if they're in a space to communicate or give them space and so with this guy when i gave him space interestingly later that week he came over and was like hey molly i'm so sorry about my recent behavior i know i've been quite snappy i've just been really stressed i was like it's fine I get it. Just kind of nodded. I didn't say no, you weren't. I just nodded. So yeah, he's like, okay, I'll, I won't talk to you like that again. Or I, I'll try not to be like that again. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It is what it is. Like, I'm not going to hold it against him. Right. Like I'm, I'm not perfect either. I'm, <laughs> I behave in way, ways I regret. I use tones that I wish I didn't. I say things and I'm like, oh, that was a bit too sharp. I suppose giving him that space, having the reflection that is it me? And it's like, okay, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's what he's got going on. And then even communicating. So if he hadn't had of apologized, it would have gotten to a point and I need to get better with the whole feedback thing and probably should have mentioned it earlier, but there ultimately would have gotten a point where I would have been like, hey, this is how you've been talking to me and it makes me feel this way when you talk to me like that. I think what can happen is that maybe both people are passive aggressive. Maybe you're being passive aggressive and so are they and you're both being passive aggressive and so it creates this like unpleasant, almost noxious toxic kind of tension or feeling when you go into work so it's like you know one person's quite stressed about something and they're being passive aggressive but not really realizing how it affects you because it affects you you're being passive aggressive and you're not realizing how it affects them and so it creates this bit of a spiral right and this can happen I feel like this is one of the most common things in workplaces is that neither person talk about it like neither person go hey when you yell at your computer screen it actually makes me kind of uncomfortable so that's maybe not passive aggressive that's the other one active aggression or you know if I come to talk to you and you just kind of ignore me even though I'm there and I'm wanting to help you like I feel quite disrespected by that you know these kinds of things so communication really helps and I earlier on an earlier episode I talk about how miscommunication between me and my manager almost resulted in me not getting a promotion and it was a miscommunication that happened six months ago not even a bad one it was literally like I didn't talk about something it was a miscommunication due to a lack of communication and so often these like toxic feelings can fester in workplaces because no one wants to actually talk about or give that a feedback the thing is like feedback and setting boundaries is actually quite it's actually not that easy so (laughs) I didn't even for so long I didn't even know what a boundary was. Like, I kid you not, I thought to set a boundary, you had to like throw a tantrum. So I was like, yeah, but throwing a tantrum causes someone to not like me. So I don't know how to set a boundary and maintain a relationship. So I just never set boundaries. Like I kind of literally didn't know what it was, which seems crazy until I met 
or came across my more recent coach and she spoke about has spoken about boundaries a lot and it's that line that's crossed that makes you feel a certain way that you don't want to feel more or less and so when I learned what a boundary was I was like oh that's what happens like it's not that person causing me to feel this way it's that person crosses a line and as a result of that line being crossed I feel this way and then this is how you communicate <laughs> when a boundary is being crossed. The book Nonviolent Communication is amazing for how you communicate with someone crosses a boundary. Like it's just the best book. A decent person that isn't intending to cause you harm will probably be quite apologetic when you identify that they've been behaving in a certain way. Like most people don't actually want to cause each other harm in the workplace and mentioning just particularly in a very calm way. Like if you turn around and be like, hey, don't talk to me like that. Like then they feel like you're being aggressive towards them and that you're the toxic person. And so saying it in that really calm way, however you need to say it in the most calmest, unemotional way. And if you're feeling triggered and you're like, I literally can't talk to that person without getting emotional, I highly recommend my mood motion method. It has an audio in there which will help you process the emotions of feeling triggered so that you can then approach the situation calm and unemotional so that you can communicate in the way you want to without getting caught up in the emotions of that situation. In that same episode, I think it's the interview one, I talk about had a, quite a lot of meltdowns and I actually use that mood motion method to really stop having meltdowns and approach the situation maturely and communicate in a way I wanted to resolve that situation. Because most people don't actually, they aren't intending to cause you harm. They just accidentally do because they're in their own world. And we all kind of do this quite a lot, particularly in the workplace, right? Because we've got work going on and it makes us quite stressed and maybe we don't want to be doing it. And then and then that kind of affects the people around us who maybe are feeling the same way. And so it, it can cause this kind of toxic tension. And so the next, I guess, type of behavior I would call active aggression. Now, I'm not a psychologist. I just know a bit about brain and behavior. And so, of course, these aren't the only types of behaviors, right? Like I mentioned, there's gaslighting. Bullying could be considered active aggression. Bullying is an umbrella for so many things, right? I mean, all of these behaviors could be considered bullying, particularly if it has that malicious intent. And so I guess the other one is active aggression, which I won't go into too much because if you are experiencing active aggression, like someone you work with is actively trying to cause you harm, like that's a red flag. If someone's purposely wanting to harm you, I mean, it, it's a whole section on itself in terms of behavior and psychology. And I'm really not versed enough in that to talk about it. But essentially, if you are experiencing someone and their intention is harmful or too disrespectful in any way, like that's a red flag and an instant reason to take action, whether you do anything to remove that person from your environment or you remove yourself from that environment. Which brings me to how do we even have a toxic work culture why do we so widely accept it tolerate it and even to a certain degree just allow it I would love to know if anyone hasn't <laughs> worked somewhere toxic because I know almost everyone I've spoken to at some point has had a situation where they're just like it feels like a toxic environment and even these days I like if I see hospitality staff or retail staff and 
someone there is like talking to them really dismissively like it just it boils my blood it so boils my blood because I'm just like why do you talk to that the person you work with like that like it's uh I don't know it, it really cracks me because to me I'm just like oh my god like you have no idea how that person feels like you're talking to them in that tone and yes they're just putting on a smile right now because they have to but you have no idea how much that could really damage that person's self-esteem or really change that person's day like like it always pleasantly surprises me how much smiling at people can <laughs> change their day like I know when I'm feeling down and someone I work with or what you walk past in the hallway and they smile at you or they're happy to greet you how much better you feel and vice versa like the amount of times like I've said good morning to someone and it's really like their face is lit up right you see that change their face go from like shadow and maybe overwhelmed or just you know when someone's face has that kind of like shadowy look and then you smile at them and it brightens their day and you know if that if a smile could change someone's day or energy in that moment think about like how much it would affect that person depending on the way you talk to them right and so for me I'm just like oh I don't like it I don't like seeing it I just wish people would just be nicer to each other and so to that point it's like how do we why do we accept it so much because obviously I can't as much as I'd like to go around to every workplace and just be like everyone sort their own shit out and be nice to each other so we can all get along unfortunately I can't do that and it's really I guess it's like really up to each individual to own their situation and to address whatever it is their experience so you know I could observe those two workers and ones being quote-unquote rude to the other one I'm just assuming that other person will feel bad about that they might not they might not even care they might not even notice that that other person's talked to them that it might be just like water for ducks back to that person and so it's really up to each individual to take ownership for their situation because it's not no one's going to come save us right like no one's saving anyway it's really up to us and whether it's through communication whether it's through energetics like clearing anything like old old memories old experiences it's yeah changing the environment and I mean maybe we accept it because we believe that there's no other better workplaces and so even though workplaces in general have become more safer less toxic I mean I'm from Australia um, and so I know we have very stringent laws around the physical qualities of work and even ergonomics and stuff. So even though those have improved over time, like ultimately people are still people. It's kind of like even though workplaces, like the health and safety acts asset aspect of workplaces, like it doesn't necessarily mean that people have also improved at the same time. Like I'd like to believe that everyone has become a lot more emotionally intelligent and there is a definitely a lot more emphasis towards respect and standing up for people and calling out bad behavior. There's so much of that, but then at an individual level, so many people are still so insecure, if not more insecure, and really struggle to communicate, communicate what they're feeling, communicate their boundaries, or when they try to communicate, they feel like they miscommunicate. And so this creates what can feel like a toxic culture. And it's whether 
people have judgments of other people and then make assumptions. I do think though overall organizations have gotten a lot better with this and so I got a job at a company and I mean look this manager hired me. You would hope on expertise but there were certain behaviors particularly towards certain like she had favoritism and all that kind of thing and she would give responsibility to some people not other like just kind of things where I mean deep down as a person she was a lovely person but then like her behaviors were not very HR approved and essentially she got made redundant right and so I guess that is a certain attempt of a company I don't know this for sure but it was essentially like that kind of behavior was gradually getting I guess moved out of the company and I see that a lot in organizations is that people that aren't willing to respect other people often just don't no one really has time for them anymore it's kind of like they're not the cool kids anymore and so I really see at an organizational level shifts with toxic culture except at an individual level people are still people right and they're still going to have their insecurities and their struggles with approval or wanting to communicate in a way not being able to or the judgment right like it's not easy to not judge right it's just so easy to make a judgment good and bad right and so often we might call out if we make a bad judgment but then we are so quick to also make good oh yeah that person's so great and they're well spoken like that's a judgment but that's okay like it's I think judgment is one of those things that I don't know if we could get rid of but it's it's always being aware of our the judgments we make of other people like for example recently I spent some time with an executive not usually and I think I just had really high expectations of her and, and that's a judgment. That's a blatant judgment, right? And that may not sound like a very nice thing to say, but the thing is like, again, she was a really nice person. That's a judgment. Me having high expectations because she's in a quite high leadership role, that's a judgment, right? And it's, but I can be aware of that. It's like, yes, I have made those judgment, but that's how I'm kind of conceptualizing that person and our dynamic and how I feel about her behavior kind of thing. Like, you know, she said something and maybe if someone at, maybe if my manager or a different manager said that, I might have taken it differently, but it's because I was viewing her through this lens of being an executive kind of thing. And so it's just, I don't believe judgments are something we can avoid, but it is something that we can be aware of and then not, I guess, like behave in a disrespectful way because of that judgment, right? And so I was I think I was speaking to my manager and I'm like, I, look, this is probably quite harsh of me, but this is how I feel about the situation or her behavior or whatever. And the thing is with people in general being insecure, um, lacking confidence, maybe feeling like they're lacking control, not being able to communicate, it's kind of in those environments that foster that kind of, I guess, supposed toxic behavior. And so I guess like going back to the start of the episode where I said I'd seen a lot of content where people are like, oh, how do I talk to my co toxic colleague or how do I you know, say this to my toxic manager or whatever, that always makes me wonder, like, yes, maybe they are toxic based on those behaviors. Maybe they are being actively exclusive. Maybe they are talking down to them. But quite possibly, there could also be insecurities in that manager, that quote-unquote toxic manager, and they don't know how to behave in any other way because maybe they feel quite insecure that they might be losing control or maybe they think no one listens to them or is listening to them or 
is willing to do what they say or if they can trust anyone kind of thing. And so they have these deep-seated insecurities, which results in them talking down to someone and they may not necessarily have an ill intent, but that's just how their behavior is executed, unfortunately. And I see this quite a lot. Another guy on my team and he's like, honestly, the sweetest person, but he just, his delivery is so off, right? Like he gets people offside so often He's just honestly trying to do the best job he can, but it's just the way he asks or talks for something, people just totally misinterpret it. And I guess that's a really good example where someone might be like, oh, like I don't like working with that person that he gets particular about these certain things. But then it's like when you really get to know him, you realize that like he's just really trying to do a good job. It just doesn't come out quite, <laughs> quite right. And I always wonder like how many people are like that? Like how many people are really... Deep down, they just want to do a good job, but because it's layered with so many of these fears that they're probably not even aware of, all these needs for approval or just trying to do the right thing in the wrong way, they end up behaving in a way that's interpreted as them not being a very nice person. And so this is a reason why I feel so strongly about helping people with their energy and their confidence and their courage because I really believe that if at an individual level we can become aware of our maybe own insecurities and our own fears, we can then address them and then we feel a lot more comfortable to one, not take other people's behavior personally and then two, if someone behaves towards us in a way we don't like, then we feel, I guess, comfortable enough or safe enough to then say something about it or do something about it. Because I honestly believe the more courageous each of us are, the less toxic behavior can fester within a workplace because not only do you reduce your contribution to that, but you don't tolerate it and people then won't treat you like that. And, And it also really opens up the space when you can communicate about how you feel about someone's behavior or what they've done or how they've made you feel. It really gives that other person the space to do the same as well. And so maybe after this episode, you might think, okay, I probably need to set more boundaries. Maybe I have acted that way and need to mention something about it or I need to clear the air with a certain colleague. And and I also want to mention like if you've got that, that thing going on in your mind where you're like, oh, is it me? Is it them? Is it me? Is it them? Like it's not you, right? Like it's not you. You're not doing anything wrong. So if you're unsure if someone else's behavior is your fault, there's a good chance it's not your fault. Yes, you are responsible for yourself, right? And and having that ownership around standing up for yourself or not tolerating behavior or not behaving in a way to other people, right? Like that's also your responsibility just as much as their behavior is their responsibility, right? Even if you're going to try and change some things at work, how you show up at work, how you interact with people, but maybe you're still the only emotionally intelligent person at your work and it's getting exhausting, right? So it's all well and good if we are self-aware and can self-reflect and improve our behaviors, but then if no one else is, right, it can get so exhausting. And so if that's the case, why do we tolerate that? Like why... Do we put up with those behaviors? And I know throughout my career, I'd had a job. I think it was, it didn't go for too long. Fortunately, it was like one of those projects that had a start and end. But yeah, like I kind of felt like uh, I didn't like the way one of the guys spoke to me. And I'm like, in hindsight, actually, like <laughs> it was, the way they spoke to me was so bad. But to a certain degree, I was kind of like ignorant to how bad it was. 
And I was like quite a lot younger then. So that's way before I even knew what a boundary was. And so I think finally one day I like snapped and swore at the guy um, and then stormed off. Anyway, definitely grown out of that. But nonetheless, it's like, why do we continue to tolerate quote unquote toxic workplaces? And so I was really thinking about this and it's like, I have a feeling it's to do with the belief that actually it's not even a feeling. I know this, right? Like I stayed in a job for like three years and I think in the first six months I wanted to leave. Suck it out for three years because I believed I couldn't get anything better. And I think that's often why we don't change the situation. One, either because we don't want to upset the situation or confront in case like we lose our job or we don't want to physically actually remove ourselves from the situation because we don't think or believe that there's either anything better or we could get anything better or even if we did, if, if it would even be any better. And so I really want to address this belief and I know I can't convince you otherwise because it's really your beliefs are up to your experience, except I can promise you that there are other opportunities for you. That, that I know for sure because there is just a so so many opportunities. There is like an unlimited amount of opportunities. I don't know what those opportunities are going to be like and I don't know how you'll be able to get them, but there is a way and it's kind of just like even just shifting that belief from there's no opportunities, I could get nothing different to like maybe there's something different, maybe there's something better, maybe there's other people I could work with that will be nicer to work with and I think so many people get stuck in these workplaces because it's like, okay, well, if everyone I work with behaves like this then like everyone I could ever work with will behave like this, so what's the point? It's kind of that like hopelessness, like helplessness and the thing is like there's very much different people. There's like teams out there that get along so well, that are friends. It doesn't even matter what company you're at. Like I think there's maybe this mindset that startups or like those cool companies, like all the, I guess maybe like videographers or graphic designers, not not throwing shade on anyone. I have friends that are all those types, but I guess because I don't have that background and career, I have the assumption that those type of industries, like everyone's friends, right? Because they're all young and trendy. The thing is like, they're not the only places. <laughs> where everyone gets along with each other. Like there's so many, I used to be so envious of a lot of um, crews, I suppose. Like they did like hard labor, but those guys, they just, I don't know. It's like, they're literally pouring cement and they're having fun just because they work with each other. And so having people you work with that you're friends with isn't limited to those quote unquote cool careers. It really can be anywhere you work. And particularly in my job now, like I work in a very big company it is not cool. It is not trendy. It is like stereotypical big organization kind of thing. And, you know, there's various teams throughout the company I may or may not get along with. But I know for my team, like I've definitely grown to really like all the people I work with. And, and even that initial person that told me to get out of a desk and I felt excluded by, like even our relationships shifted quite a lot. And whether she realized or not, but over time started to include me or just started to just like talk to me in a very mutual and respectful way. I think it helped, right, that I got promoted, that changed the dynamic significantly. I think that changed how people saw me because it was kind of like, okay, I went from just like a worker that came in from the outside to now the lead. And so people were like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should be nice to her. And so essentially good people, like working with good people, these good people are everywhere. 
they're not restricted to any kind of industry. And if you are going from job to job and you're finding that you've got the same problem, then that is potentially a pattern that a pattern of behavior that you need to grow out of. Um, Like, for example, for me, I've had both good and bad patterns throughout my career. So all three of my last three jobs, I've within the first, so basically it's like clockwork, right? I get a job for the first six months, I hate it. At some point I have an epiphany, I shift everything. Like I shift my energetics, I shift how I behave. behave. It's almost like that by the third time it happened, I'm like, oh, far out. Like, do I have to wait for the six? Can't I like make this happen faster? But for whatever reason, it's like breakdown, rebuild. And then lo and behold, at about the six month mark, I get promoted. Always happens, right? I guess that's an example of a good pattern, but I know people that have experienced bullying multiple times in their career, but then it's finally when they stand up to that bully or get them removed from their workplace that they no longer experience that because finally they've had the courage to be like I'm not willing to accept this behavior anymore and so if you are finding that you're having the same problem as you go along it doesn't mean that that same problem exists everywhere it just means there might be an underlying pattern or belief that you need to address which kind of brings me to the final point because I'll kind of wrap, wrap this up a bit going for a while is that like ultimately, I know I've spoken a lot about communication and speaking up for yourself or even like physically moving away from whoever it is that is labeled quote unquote toxic. But ultimately, the biggest shifts for me have been subconsciously and energetically to the point that most of the time I don't even need to communicate with the people that I don't like their behavior. For example, even with that guy who apologized, like I've been learning about a bit of protecting and cleansing my energy and I shifted my vibration and it was pretty much a few hours later he apologized, right? So at a certain stage I did a massive clearing or just, I don't know what you want to call it, reprogram. It's essentially you kind of like clear the energetic blocks or past experiences. How do I explain this in like a real basic way that doesn't make it sound woo-woo? You essentially like get rid of everything that isn't you and you come back to your most like confident, authentic, peaceful self essentially. And that's all very like subconscious energetic work. And by doing that, it was like, it totally shifted how people started talking to me and communicating with me and even how I started communicating with other people. And so if you're just like, oh, like no matter how much I communicate, I don't get anywhere. There's two things. One, it could be like energetic subconscious. Most likely if you haven't done any of those massive energetic clearings or subconscious like reprogramming types of things, like I suppose like everyone kind of needs to do it at some point because we all have subconscious baggage and, and patterns that don't serve us. And so doing that, it shifts so much on a physical level. And I won't get into the details of it, but essentially like doing that type of work is what has ultimately gotten rid of all the toxic people in my life because even the people that were used to be toxic and no longer behave in a toxic way towards me because I've shifted my energy and so I suppose like until you get an opportunity to do that if anyone is still being a dick and you don't necessarily feel safe communicating with them or you don't really know how you've tried and hasn't really gotten anywhere like I encourage you also to protect your energy whichever way you 
feel appropriate, right? So you can literally do that by not being around that person. If you need to be around that person, then you can use like imagination and visualization to, I guess, like protect your energy. I recently learned about a way about using like, you can use like a sphere or a pyramid. Like if you're imagining yourself in a pyramid full of light, that's a really cool way. I found that really effective. If you have any unanswered questions, just let me know. Next week, I'm going to be doing an episode, Are We Overworked? So have a good one and I'll speak to you later.